Hi, I'm Russell. Hi, I'm Crystal. Hello, Crystal. I'm your wife. Oh yeah, you're my wife. <laughs> and we are doing a podcast yep. about infertility. I don't know because I've never done a podcast. I don't think you've ever really spoken into a microphone. No, only at work. Yeah, but even like we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> no. We're just and it's we're doing it's, this. it's awkward. We're, yeah, it's awkward. We're talking to each other. We're sitting up in our freaking loft bedroom office setup. Um, yeah, we're doing this. We're, right, we're going to do a right, podcast. Right, we're so doing a podcast. We're not doctors. Definitely not doctors. Don't have any kind of uh, medical insight. I don't have any initials after my last name. No. And anything we say is just us telling our story. Exactly. There's people out there, I'm sure, that have gone yes. through way more than what we've gone through and it, our hearts are with you guys. Absolutely. Like, we, we get it. This is just our story. We want to share it with our friends, our family. Yeah. We want to just kind of open up communication to anyone else that's going through this. Right. And just, I don't know, just talk about it. And, and I think just talk about it in just like a real way. Yes. There's been laughs. There's been awkward situations. There's been tears. There's, yep. <laughs> there's yep. been everything. And it's... It's been a journey. Totally. And honestly, like, we're still fairly new to this journey. I yeah. mean, in, I think... Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. So, I guess we should probably start from the beginning of our journey, obviously. It's probably a good place to start. Yeah. You I know. Mean, um, <laughs> so, I'm 34 years old. And I'm 35. We got married in 2015. Yep. Um, which was almost, damn, almost five years ago. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> And prior to getting married, we, you know, we had a plan. We wanted to get married. We wanted to have a house. We wanted to have kids. And maybe before we have kids, just kind of take a year or two just to kind of be married, be together, travel, you know, do our thing and just kind of just enjoy marriage before having a kid. And I want to say that like we actively were always taking steps to not get pregnant. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And we were very precise in making sure that that didn't happen. I don't even know if precise is the right word, but we were pretty precise. I was very precise in making sure, you know. Yeah. And I think that even to your point about like, you know, we wanted to be married for a little bit before we tried or thought about having kids. So, you know, we were always very like, <laughs> you know, thoughtful about uh, what we were, were doing and very tried very hard not to get pregnant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was like, 2018-ish or something. We just kind of had that like, all right, well, I think we're ready to start trying. And I don't know about you, but like for me, I was like, all right, well, is there something we're going to do to start? And I think for us was our trip to Hawaii. It was like, oh, if, yeah. If there was a time to maybe start, like, let's have a good I time. I think we kind of like over romanticized it too, right? Because yeah. we were like, we're going to be in Hawaii. We should totally start. This should be the exact time that when we do, you know, yeah. we try. And I, I remember even thinking like, okay, sweet. So, okay, we leave for Hawaii in a couple of <laughs> yeah. weeks. We'll probably start trying. We'll, you know, be pregnant by, that was in like November. So, okay. But in November we'll be pregnant and nine months later we'll have a kid. Like, right. just had it all planned. And, and then I think you grow up thinking that it's so easy to have kids they teach you that like you can get pregnant super easy but they don't really teach you anything in school about like oh hey like sometimes that doesn't happen or sometimes you know there are issues along the way so yeah we had this expectation of how fast we thought it would happen and like we even like you know you were off birth control for a while right like we were trying to like eat better yeah 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 yeah, trying to get get in shape for having a kid which <laughs> plus we were going to Hawaii I yeah. mean <laughs> so we go to Hawaii it was an amazing trip we stayed at the beautiful 
Koakea Resort in Kauai. You should check it out. It is, um, you know, for those those couples out there. It's it's a lovely resort. It I is. highly recommend anyone <laughs> to go to the Koakea Resort in Kauai. It's in Poipu. But anyways, so we're out there for like a little over a week, almost two weeks. And a month goes by, pregnancy test, nothing. I'm like, all right, that's cool. We, it was just first try. So right. we kept trying very often. <laughs> like we were we thought we were supposed religiously. to be religiously religiously efficiently efficiently <laughs> so, <laughs> all the lees <laughs> yeah so a few you know a couple more months goes by a couple more pregnancy tests and you know we're just like ah whatever we're still kind of just going along with it mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. i think at some point i might have been wrong on the dates i think we went to hawaii in 2017 so at some point in 2018 we took a break from trying right, right. some health stuff yep, and yep. needed to just kind of regroup and not think about things. And we figured, well, let's go to Hawaii again <laughs> and try it and try it all over again the following right. the following <laughs> yeah. year. Almost almost a year to the date we went back. Right. It's to the same beautiful resort at Koa Also, Kea. I've got to say thank you, Costco Travel. Yeah, for- thank you, Costco <laughs> Travel. <laughs> and again, thank you, Koa Kea, for the beautiful stay at your luscious beachfront property right in the heart of Poipu. Baby making resort. Yeah. So we thought. (laughs) So another Hawaii trip, another epic two weeks of just amazing Hawaii. If there was ever a time for the mood to be right, it was those times in Hawaii, right? Yeah. I feel like it was just such an awesome, great time together. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so like had it been like picture perfect or movie-esque. Yeah. Speaking of (laughs) movie-esque, we always wondered this, like Oh yeah. <laughs> when people, you know, they, they, do make, the nasty. they, make, they do the nasty, they do the deed and then they just like go to sleep right yeah. after. Is that like a thing? That's weird because like, where does it go? Doesn't it just like, wouldn't it just everywhere? fall out under the bed? I, I think I have a real issue with this because it really depicts the actual situation in a very not realistic way. And I just don't know what happens. Like, yeah. like where do they like, yeah, how can, how can they just do it? And then just put on their pants. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really weird thing. So movies, you know, anyone in the movie business, if you're listening to this podcast, you know what? Start start depicting that shit right. Yeah, because it's. And anyways, Sorry. we, we kind of got off. We got off the track. Off track, there. <laughs> off track. So and so again, I don't know. At this point, you know, we've been trying for it. It was maybe a little. You know, it was under a year because our th- this, you went to the doctor. Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. so I had to go to for a physical, and I just had this weird feeling like maybe the reason this isn't happening has something to do with me. And I was being a little paranoid and just a little, you know, just not confident. So I asked the doctor if there's anything we could do. And I remember the doctor saying, well, you know, usually unless you've been, you know, consistently trying for a year, we don't recommend doing any kind of testing, which to me, looking back on it now is kind of idiotic and stupid. I agree. Yeah. And um, I think because of our ages, I think he said, you know, you should try for a, a year after a year. Is- I, I kind of lied too. No, no, I know. Which is a good thing, which is probably something we should, we might talk, should talk, I guess about is like, I personally feel, and of course we're not doctors and we don't know, you know, <laughs> really anything about that, but part of our overall health checkups and stuff like that should consist of like these types of things, like of checking over, Varian reserve and checking sperm quality and all of these things. Like I feel like we do a really bad job at making these things easier to do. And maybe having to masturbate and do a cup 
during your physical will make the whole physical experience a little more exciting because <laughs> it's kind of physical suck. I mean, but adding think, that element, yeah. maybe it'll be a little more exciting for people to want to get their physicals. Either more and, exciting or super awkward. Yeah, it's true because it, that was pretty awkward. Yeah, we'll get more into that so, later. <laughs> um, yeah, so I ended up going to, you know, talking to the doctor and he actually gave me a, a request for semen analysis. Hi, Kitty. And um, yeah, so I had no idea what, what to expect. Right. I just thought- Again, no one really talks yeah. about it or teaches you anything. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, And I've seen like the movies where there's sperm banks and stuff. So totally. I, you know, I was picturing a room where there's just magazines and porn and stuff. And, and what was it like? A room with magazines and porn. <laughs> so I get there and there's this like, it's like a closet. A really Does it awkward- have anything on like- the door that says like, thankfully, no, this is the room, but I feel like it's the only room. So anyone walking by knowing that someone's in there, like they're like, Oh, obviously that person's he's in the room. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably wondering like what porn he's watching and like what he's into and that kind of stuff. But anyways, so I get in there and there's a chair with like that paper that when you go to the doctor's office, it's like, you make all the noise when Mm -hmm. you're you're sitting It's like all crinkly and loud and yeah. But by the way, if you hear a cat meowing, it's our cat. She's she's quite to, vocal, so she wants to join us. Yes. So, anyways, I'm in the room, and I I instantly took a picture and I sent it to you of the room because <laughs> I remember. it yeah. was like it was hilarious. And so you know, there's there's the chair, there's the awkward paper, there's an old school CRT TV with a it's one of those VHS duos. It's got the, the combo thing. combo, yeah. And there's a remote. So naturally. So hold on. What if you have issues like turning on the TV or like, what if you can't get it to come on? Like, do you just like pop your head out and be like, uh, excuse me, I need IT? Like, <laughs> or did you not even get that far? I didn't even get that far. Okay. Because all Could I was you thinking, imagine? <laughs> but I guess what I was thinking in my mind was obviously when I turn this TV on, something's going to happen that should happen. And literally you turn it on and it's already just like. Like preset. Preset. Got it. Raunchy porn going on. And. I just, I, I needed to check it all out. Like I wanted to see what oh, yeah. was on the I feel TV. like you have to get your, like your money's worth, you know? Yeah. So in addition to that, there was underneath the TV, there was a drawer that was on the TV stand. So I carefully opened the drawer and it was just full of Hustler, Playboy, <laughs> Penthouse, you name it. Every single porn magazine you could think of. And it was just covered to the top. And I don't, I didn't even touch any of them yeah. because it's like- Did they give you gloves or This anything? was pre-COVID too. So think about like- That's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's not, it, it's, it's really uncomfortable the whole time. I'm thinking the woman that just checked me in out there, she's knows when I came in, mm-hmm. if I go out there too soon, is she going to judge me? Cause I did it really fast. Or if I take too long, is she going to judge me? Cause I was just like watching too much porn. Like it was, it was yeah. kind of, a, it was an awkward, weird feeling. Right. So once, you know, we were done there, it took about a couple days. Yeah, probably right. Yeah. To get- to get results back on, yeah, and, on and what that was, and this is the next the next fun thing about our health system. I remember I I had like an app or something, and I get a notification saying I have results that are ready. I go in, and when I open this document, it's nothing but all these words, these big words that no one prepared me for. No one told me what any of these things meant, like morphology, motility, mm-hmm. gray colored. Um, head shape, all, all these weird things. And I'm just like, what What are these numbers? But then 
I didn't get a phone call. I didn't get anything. It was just this document sent to me. And on the left left column, just a bunch of numbers <laughs> that were in red. Yeah. And obviously red's not a good color when you're right, color coding right. text. Red is just It wasn't green. Good. I was hoping for green. Green, yeah, right. But it was definitely red. Definitely. Red. And at the very bottom, it says that I have some issues with my sperm motility and that I need to do another semen analysis. And right. secretly I was excited because there, there was some more of that room I wanted to kind of check out. <laughs> so let's just talk about like the the sperm analysis results, right? So like you get this piece of paper essentially, or not even a piece of paper, you look up the information on your app and it's like literally all of these foreign words around your sperm. All of these, like I remember like looking at it, it's like arrows and numbers and you're, it, it's like, there's no way to know like what that, means except for just some random numbers in red. And then I think at the bottom, like you said, like he had mentioned, okay, these, there's this, this, and this. And then basically in a nutshell, it was just like your sperm analysis is abnormal. Yeah. But I will say though, too, like one of the numbers, because when it shows you your numbers, like the counts and the motility and percentage of fast swimmers and slow swimmers to the right of it, it shows the range that it should be in. So when I did, I saw a couple of those and I'm like, yeah, I definitely failed hard in those those areas so that right. but and again like, no no doctor call nothing it's it's kind of a what the hell like the, no I'm perfectly fine you know it's like <laughs> yeah it's kind of a weird and I remember talking through it with you and I think it was kind of like well was it just like a really bad day yeah, like that's what I thought the did first... you drink too much did you eat something like I mean you know what I mean like you don't realize that like what the magnitude of what these things are and how they really affect the quality of sperm or the ability to reproduce like you know what I mean like or do these things fluctuate like we didn't know so it was just like this unknown thing of just like I think it was just really hard for us to wrap our head around like what these meant yeah exactly yeah so yeah I had to go in for number two I I can't remember not for a number two not for a number two no. for my second sperm analysis I had to abstain <laughs> and mm-hmm. this time I think <laughs> I was like well it says three to seven, four days. or I can't, I, That's the other thing. It's every single number. Every single place I've gone during this whole process, mm-hmm. which I'm just going to throw this number out there and it's a spoiler. I've had to do this 11 times <laughs> already. But anyways, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into all the other ones after this. But every single instructions from all the different facilities, they're all different. It's like, this one's like, oh, two to five days. This one's three to seven days. Right, so right. It's, it's really bizarre. So I try to keep it- <laughs> Tried to average that bad out. Try to average it out. So I, you know, we abstained. Um, I I can't remember if the second time was um, if I brought it home. I I might have. Oh yeah. They gave me the option to do it at home. So yeah, when you go in to do a sperm analysis, you can do it there in the room, the ever welcoming um, sex masturbation room. Yeah. (laughs) Or you can opt to bring home a brown bag um, with a cup. Um, it's and literally a brown bag too. Did they give you what else did they give you? A a, a cup and a. It's just a cup, a paper. Oh yeah, a paper with the, directions, and then they tell you to fill the stuff out, and then you yeah. have to bring it oh, back, but, but, which is a whole nother story. And let me tell you too, like it took me about the third or fourth, you know, sperm analysis to realize, like, oh, I should probably write on the cup before I do the deed, <laughs> or like. Yeah. yeah, like it's little things. Details. Yeah, yeah. It's, you gotta learn along the way. A, there's a lot of things you gotta just read the instructions. If anyone's gonna have to do this, just read the instructions as much. But as don't you freak can. out. So okay. So anyways, 
second sperm analysis in the books. And within another couple of days, again, no phone call. Mm-mm. It was uh, just a, the same, same thing, a bunch of red numbers and something at the bottom that says, Russell has had two abnormal sperm analysis results. Um, we'll be referring him to uh, a urologist. And that was another thing too, it was like, so much waiting. Yeah, there's a lot of waiting throughout this process from, I think that we've done like just as much waiting as we done have done like some something actively trying to move forward, you know, in fertility, I guess. So I want to say like after it was like, okay, this is going to be a urologist. You need to make an appointment. I had to wait like a month right, or something to get in, stupid. I remember, yeah. And in the meantime, it's like, what do you do? Like, I mean, we kept trying, I'm sure. Right. I think we Googled stuff, which I feel like is, you know, informational and you you find, you know, sometimes you find some good stuff. And then on the other side of that, like, is just going down crazy rabbit holes of just stuff and craziness, you know? So I I think we've kind of learned to like, when you are looking things up, take it with a grain of salt because, you know, it's, it's it's tough. It's totally tough. like, Like when you look at WebMD, when you, um, I don't know, you, you have a weird poo or something and you're like, oh God, I'm definitely going to die in two <laughs> yeah. weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. same, so it's the same, same kind thing, of thing is essentially what we're trying to say. Yeah. Did we tell our parents yet? I can't remember. Oh yeah. Let, let's back it up. That's, that's a very, okay. So one thing I definitely want to stress to everybody is for me, since right off the bat, it appeared that the main issue for us not being able to conceive was because of me. And I think we just came to that conclusion pretty, not easily, but like my periods had always been pretty consistent. Uh, you know, it was always the same. Like I was always starting at the same time, obviously ending around the same time, uh, didn't have like really bad issues. So I think at that point we were like, all right, maybe it's, it's not just, you know, not me, but perhaps, yeah. you know, lying with yeah. you. And to be like, to be completely honest is in the very beginning, like I was like ashamed. I, I get felt- it. I felt very yeah. like I'm a man, you know, like I should be able to freaking get my wife pregnant. And like, it was really hard. Totally. And yeah. I feel, I remember you not wanting to I, talk about it I all. Did, I didn't want to talk about it because I still didn't really believe it. And I just didn't know how to process it. I didn't really have any, I didn't, I had no one to talk to about it really. Yeah. Well, at we the just time, like again, besides you, obviously. You grow up not knowing really anything about it until it happens to you or until, you know, you know somebody that's going or struggling with infertility. And, yeah. So it was just super new to us and just scary. Yeah. And I can imagine that like, you know. Yeah. So I, I want to say, I didn't say anything to my parents. I don't think you said anything to your parents. I do remember though, the day that I called them, mm-hmm. I called my parents after we got the results from the second uh, sperm analysis. And I remember like, I was probably playing it a little cooler to you, but I was devastated. Right. I was just like, what the heck? You know, like, mm-hmm. why is this even a thing? But I remember I'd I was driving home from work and I called my parents. Mm-hmm. I like I remember exactly where I was. And I was just kind of talking to them. I was like, hey mom, you know, is is dad there? And can you put me on speakerphone? And I think they were like, oh God, they, they thought like I was dying or something. I kind of made it a little dramatic. But I was just, you know, it was the first time telling them and I just didn't know. And I kind of like kind of broke down. I think that was the first time I really like broke down about it mm-hmm. and just told them, you know, pretty much everything that that we've been going through. And like the funny thing about it all too, is we always, when we were trying, mm-hmm. no one really knew. 
Right. We were kind of, we kind of played it off like, oh, we're not going to, you know, we're yeah. not going to have kids anytime soon. Right. And right. I think like our parents really never knew if we're, so for her to, for my mom and dad to find out that we had been trying for, you know, over a year, they were like secretly super excited because we're wanting to have right. kids. Right. And then at the same time, they're like, wow, they didn't realize that we were even doing that. But I do feel like that moment in this entire process so far for me was probably the the thing that needed to happen the most. Like right. I couldn't imagine not talking to them about it and just continuing on keeping it to myself because that was like a moment where I was like, okay, well, I felt okay sharing with my parents. Okay, that wasn't too bad. Now we could share with your parents. And then slowly it was like, man, every time I talk to someone about it, I feel better about it. I agree. You almost come to this point when it comes to infertility because it is something that like so many people go through, but a lot of people don't really talk about. And I think you come to like this crossroad, essentially, like you're either going to be honest and, and vocal about it, which is scary because, you know, if you're talking about it, then it means like you're admitting that there's a problem with us. Right. And then like potentially every step along the way, whether it's good, bad, ugly, people are going to know. Right. And so there is like almost like this sense of judgment and they're looking at us like, oh, poor Russell and Crystal, like, oh, you know, like kind of, you know, and so, Mm -hmm. so there's that side, like of kind of just being open and honest and then, you know, expecting all of those things or on the flip side, not saying anything to anyone. And even though it's been hard sometimes talking to people, I'm glad that we've chosen to talk. And now it's like, to whomever. <laughs> yeah. Really? Now it's from that point in time, almost two years ago, yeah. a little over two years ago till now, like we've, we've opened up so much to everybody. Yeah. And so I think you actively make the decision to talk about it or to not talk about it. And first and foremost, like if anyone out there is going through this and chooses not to talk about it, you know, like that's okay too. Yeah. We get it. It's hard to talk about it and to be open and honest, you know, and I can imagine it's just as hard not to talk about it. So, you know, for those of you who aren't talking about it, like- I totally get it. Yeah. Like um, this isn't us saying like, yeah. oh, you have to talk about it. It's, it's like, no. no, everyone's different. And again, this is just our story. Everyone's story is different. Everyone handles things differently. Absolutely. But for us, for me, being the person I am and who I am, I felt like that that moment talking to my parents just kind of like made me just kind of take a big deep breath. And it mm-hmm. was like, okay, well, right. now we have someone else that's rooting for us. Totally. You know? so, so then we told your parents probably like within, you know, the next day or something. I'm sure. And, yeah, I'm you know, sure it was quick. I, another thing is I wanted to ask my dad too, like, did you guys have any issues? Was there any anything with you? Because it could be hereditary and stuff. So, you know, and obviously, no, it's fine with my parents, fine with my brother, right. obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's totally fine. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, it's just, it's so unknown to so many people right. and especially like to our parents and their, their generation and our grandparents' generation. If we haven't learned anything about it, like growing up, I can guarantee you they definitely haven't learned anything oh, sure. about like infertility or, you know, and I'm sure less people even talked about it then, you know, so. It's kind of been nice to kind of seeing all of our parents just being in awe at like the technology that they're in. It just, yeah. it's just blown everyone's mind. So that, that's been really cool. But um, so anyways, getting back, getting back to what we were doing. Correct. <laughs> um, we went to a urologist. Yes. And that was that was kind of interesting too. That was another awkward one. I feel like the whole thing is just awkward. Like if you could put one word to the whole fertility journey is just, it can be awkward. Oh, I'm going to talk about this too. Like I, I always, I'm the kind of person with people that know me, 
the most uncomfortable, awkward shit always happens to me. Like I'm always. <laughs> it is. I, it, like I in almost 10 years together. It's like the truest statement yeah, I've ever heard. But I'm, gonna like, just, I'm just going to use, and this is just a little detail, but this is just something that can kind of help paint the picture. But <laughs> we go to see the urologist and Crystal got to be in the room with me, which that was fine. I wanted her to be there because sometimes I don't hear things. I don't know. I needed someone else. Well, and side side note on that. I think that like, as you're going to doctor's appointments, um, just as a best practice, <laughs> I think it's always good to bring someone with you because I mean, you know, you're like in the moment and, and it's, it's a lot of emotion and a lot of feeling. And I think to have someone else with you to help kind of like digest and to remember conversations is always a plus. So I think that like we've tried to always go to, to appointments consistently yeah. together because what I remember you don't and vice versa. And, and it's just, and there's even lots of times where the both of us don't remember totally. a damn thing what just happened. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, so Crystal's in there with me and he's asking, you know, past histories. Have you had STDs? Have you had this? Like all, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going through everything and he's like, all right, well, um, now I just need you to uh, take off your pants. I'll inspect your testicles. And I was like, all right, so what do I do? <laughs> I take my shoes off. <laughs> I pull my pants down with the undies. Like I'm getting ready to go to bed. Right. <laughs> Like, why did, why did I take my shoes off? I don't off? know. Because you can't access the goods by to, just pulling your pants down. All I have to down. do is just drop the trousers. I don't know. I just, maybe you felt extra comfortable with I him. felt so, but the thing was, is as it happened, I was like, oh, geez, this is going to be awkward having to put all my clothes back on. But anyways, yeah. So just little things well, like that. And I think like, too, let's just back up to you being put into awkward situations. I think that was like... <laughs> 90% of the time, like it's almost your doing. Do you yeah, know what I mean? That's true. Because I, I feel like sometimes yeah. you don't know how to react to things and, and like you just, bleh, like but, something. <laughs> but I will tell you, ever since that thing happened, there's been other times where I had to drop my pants for doctors. I always know, like, don't take off my shoes or I bring flip flops because it's easy to flip flops and okay. shorts. Shorts, because that's another thing. This is just some, some advice. <laughs> People will have to go through this. If you're going to go to your urologist or whatever, wear some shorts. Just wear, just be comfortable. Like it's very awkward. So the easiest, you could just drop pants, pull them mm -hmm. up. You'd be good. That's just a little side note. I could imagine. Yeah. So he's in front of you is just massaging yep. both sides of my balls. and um, But he had gloves on. He had gloves on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so once that was done, he basically said, he goes, okay, well, it looks like you have a varicocele. And it's something we're going to have to, you know, think about. And I was just like- A varica what? A varica what? A who? Uh, excuse me? A varicocele. And again, like, I don't know, I must have been asleep in biology and school, anything that would ever explain about varicose veins or anything. But I had, I didn't even know what a varicose vein was right. at the time. Right. And even still, like, I don't even know if, if I fully understand <laughs> what it is. All yeah. I know is what he described was my- my balls are like a sack of worms, right? Is that what he said? That's exactly what he said. And the he worms said, being the veins? Exactly. Okay. So essentially your veins are like worms in your testicles. I think that's kind of like what he was referencing to. But then, then it made me wonder like, okay, well, if that's what it's not supposed to be, like what do veins in a testicle look like? Are they supposed to be like straighter? Again, this was all like, what does this mean? Like, But it never caused you pain either. It never caused me pain. So yeah, it, so, so it wasn't something you, we'd have known was there. Had I think it, yeah. So he said that it was on the left side. I had a right, var right. varicose hill on the left side. So then <laughs> another referral to go get a scrotal <laughs> ultrasound. ultrasound yeah. Like what did you picture when you thought of, okay, I got to go in and get scrotal ultrasound? <laughs> well, I guess just like, 
like when when girls that are pregnant go in and they put the jelly on their belly. <laughs> and jelly on the belly? The jelly on the belly. <laughs> and it's kind of, it looks like it's cold. And <laughs> what was it like? It was exactly that. Basically that. <laughs> and that was another thing. As I'm laying there, I'm like, how many other balls has this wand been on today or is going to be on? So, and I think it was like 20 minutes of just like laying down. They had all the jelly all over my privates and like, it was actually kind of warm. It wasn't cold. Yeah. It's typically warm. Which yeah. Is, yeah. But or heated slightly. It was kind of heated. Yeah. yeah. And so like, and this might be TMI too, but another thing that goes through my mind during any time a doctor or anyone is around my private areas is I'm terrified of getting an erection or something. I could understand that. Like, I think from a guy perspective, that would be something that I would be like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, not like it's going to happen, Not, but it's just like, what if- out of all days, yeah. something happens and it just, I don't know. So, so that but was- But again, I'm sure they've seen it and I'm sure yeah, it's yeah. happened and, exactly. you know, so- But so with that whole thing, it was like 20 minutes of me just like, don't let this happen. And it didn't happen, but I felt like that made the 15 or 20 minutes just feel like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But so anyways, so done with the scrotal ultrasound. And I feel like that one, it was like, oh, you'll hear back in like seven to 10 days. And it was just like, oh, geez. And I want to say it was like on a Friday. So you got, you know, seven to 10 business days, which yeah. it just feels like an eternity. So uh, didn't hear back from my doctor. I heard back from one of the office assistants. Like probably a physician a assistant. Physician assistant. Or a- no, not even that. It was just oh. like someone that like, I remember because when I was asking her questions, she's like, oh, I'm going to write these notes down and ask the doctor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, can I just talk to the doctor? So basically the varicocele on the left side wasn't significant, significant enough significant enough to have to do any operation or, or anything. And I was totally game to do it. But again, that's just, I don't know, a $6,000 procedure that right. insurance doesn't cover. And for some reason, I don't know why they don't. And if I remember correctly, I think when we were actually in the office and he had said, oh, you have a varicocele. I think I remember him saying, oh, you know, it's okay. Just keep trying, you guys. It'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah, he did say that. And actually, he told me some some supplements to get. Exactly. So I went home and I dropped like $120 on these freaking mm-hmm. three-month supply of supplements thinking like, oh man. It's got to just I'll be take, that. Take this for 90 days. I might days be low on something. Yeah. yeah. So all this happens and it's like, oh, that's great. I don't have to do surgery. But then it's like, well, shit, nothing has changed. We don't exactly. We're, we're, we're right still, back to where we were. Exactly. Like the varicocele could potentially have been causing some of the low numbers. But according to him, it wasn't significant enough really to do any kind of like repair or surgery to fix it. So then at this point, we were just banking on the fact that these potential vitamins were going to help your numbers. Yeah. So once again, we're back at square one and we just had one <laughs> Which of those- like, what is even square one? What is square <laughs> one? Yeah. We're still as confused as we were. No plan really. Just all we could do is keep trying, bounce, just yep, keep going. Yep. Yeah. So then after the the results for the varicocele, all that stuff, it was like, okay, cool. Well, I know- I have a varicocele. Yep. I know my sperm motility is shit. I know my sperm morphology is shit. I know my boys are swimming around like they all <laughs> took speed. Yeah, in circles. Yeah, and yeah. they're all chasing the the dragon. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are like the few things we know. We know sperm is funky. We know you got a varicocele that weird could be, could not be causing some issues. Yeah. And we know that you're on um, some really expensive vitamins yeah. that this uh, urologist has recommended. And yeah. we know that he basically says to us, keep trying, it'll happen. So I think that's always a timing thing. And I know we mentioned that earlier, like it's a lot of waiting. And of course, you know, we want to be pregnant yesterday, oh, right? Yeah. Like, so there's like this gnawing feeling of like, I want it to happen now. And and patience is something that like, is not on the table sometimes in these conversations. And so like, I was really pushing for trying to, to, to do that next step, like whatever that might be, right? So, um, and I know you were not necessarily on the I, same page. And I think it was like one of the few times we really weren't on the same page that's, throughout no, that's, this process. That's probably the only time that we didn't see eye to eye yeah. and, and didn't really agree yet. And it wasn't even like a big issue. It was just like, oh, no, no, no. I think let's, before yeah. we do that, let's just, let's give it some more time. Let's do, the doctor said, let's take these these vitamins and right. in a couple months we'll, we'll be pregnant. So let's- And I can only imagine like from your perspective and how you were feeling like, A, it's hard enough to hear that the issue probably lies with you of what we could see so far. Mm-hmm all the emotion that that, you know, bring up for you. And then on top of that, coming to terms with that, like, we're going to have to do something about this. Like Mm -hmm. we need help potentially. And I did have a friend at work that was very open and very vocal about her journey with infertility. And uh, I just remember when all of this was happening, that was always in the back of my mind. Like I always knew that like this person was going through something similar. And so um, she has a lot to do with what we did next. And I think we'll have to let people wait until the next episode yep, to see. Next what we, time. If they, if they even made <laughs> if it this far. To listen in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they even get to this point. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this is our first episode. So, however, you are listening to this podcast, if you can go hit subscribe so you're able to hear all of our future episodes, that would be amazing. Also, we created an email it's ivfpodcast at gmail.com. That's ivfdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys. So feel free to, you know, send us a note with any questions or if you want to share your story or anything that you've been through, um, we would love to hear from you. So yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>